We definitely need a new Buck song. <laughs> Is this one better than the other one? I kind of like old school. Uh, I don't know. Green slaps. Uh, yeah, Green and Groin does slap. Mm. That's undisputed. Green and annoying. Whoa. Let's get out to Eric's name. Seems unnecessary. It, it's very dated. Seems it's unnecessary. It's a very dated song. Eric Name joining Jen, Gabe, and Chewy this morning to break down the big news, of course, of Dame Lillard joining the Milwaukee Bucks. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm well. How are you guys? I imagine that you're very busy. Uh, it is one of those days, but it is a day that I'm delighted to speak with you fine folks. So we were talking about how our reaction to the Dame Lillard news to a man, except for Chew, who was like, who? Question mark? Yeah, he thought... he. <laughs> It doesn't matter. He asked if he was better. I didn't than, know how good he was. He matter. asked if he was better than yeah. Fred Van Vliet and or Kyle Lowry. Uh, they, he, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Let's we'll, leave it we'll, at that. We'll get Chewie caught up. It's Let's fine. leave it at that. <laughs> so you wouldn't take Fred Van Vliet and Lowry? Oh, stop and, it right now! You stop trying to move those goalposts. I know I what know. you're doing. Um, but we all responded with "Holy bleep! Holy bleep!" Why is that? Why was the reaction so much like I can't believe they pulled this off? I mean, I just think it was a, a pretty tidy bit of business from Damian Lillard and his camp and the Blazers uh, and, and then ultimately the Bucks, in, you know, trying to decide how to trade Damian Lillard and, you know, work through the timeline of, all right, we don't actually want to bring this guy to training camp. We want to get this done. Uh, everyone thinks that we want to do it with the Heat, but you know, we can figure out some different ways to do it. And, and to Damian Lillard's credit, he was willing to expand that list a little bit about 10 days ago and, and start thinking about different teams and, and different places that he might want to go. And, and then those teams were, were kind of able to work in in silence and, and figure out how a potential trade package could work. Uh, and then you kind of get to the spot where, Yesterday, you know, there hasn't been a lot of build-up to it. There hasn't been um, months of discussing whether or not Damian Lillard should go to the Milwaukee Bucks like there was for, uh, you know, whether or not he should go to the Miami Heat. Did we just lose Eric? Oh, there he is. Whew. You're back. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, But, no, that's just the way John Horst likes to work. He loves working where he gets to to surprise the world. And, And I think when you look at, the trades that they've made over the years, that's kind of how John gets stuff done. It, it, it was the same thing when they traded for Drew Holiday, uh, and it was a very similar situation. So I, I think a lot of that is kind of built into why it felt like such a, you know, as we've talked about at the Athletics, such a holy bleep moment yesterday. Eric, was this in response to what Giannis said nationally a couple weeks ago about uh, they have to be committed committed in order for me to sign an extension, or was this in the works before that? I would say a little from column A, a little from column B. Um, I think with Giannis, how John Horst has always approached this is that any time a star comes available, gets onto the market, the Bucks need to be a part of those conversations. And, and it could be as simple as, hey, this is what we have, and the other team hangs up on you. But no matter what it is, like, he wants to be in those conversations, and he wants to figure out how to make the team get better. So I think you start from that point, and then I do think, you know, the pressure that Giannis tried, tried to apply worked. It, it really showed them that, 
hey, we need to be serious about this. And for Giannis, while we might think as an organization that running it back with these four guys is, is the way to go about this, and this is a championship team, they proved it in 2021, maybe Giannis doesn't feel the same way. Maybe, maybe he doesn't feel like we are as an organization trying as hard as he would like us to. Uh, and, and to their credit, that's a, a strong audible and it's an extremely aggressive play. Uh, the, those picks that they give up could really hurt uh, when it finally comes time for those picks to go to the Blazers in 28 and 29 and 30. Uh, the Bucks could be legitimately quite bad at that moment. Um, that is a long ways away. It is a real risk, but I think overall the thing that you're most worried about is keeping Giannis happy, keeping Giannis in Milwaukee, and winning a championship. And this move pushes you in the right direction on all of those things. Bleep them picks. Um, when it comes to John Horst, is he underrated across the league? Because I just feel like he's this silent assassin that just continues to make moves to put the Bucks in the positions that they've been since he took over. I think he's, if not the most aggressive general manager in the league, among the most general, aggressive general managers in the league. And, and I think part of the reason why that goes underrated is in the NBA so often we talk about, look at all the picks that this team has accumulated. Look at the genius trade that this guy made to get five first-rounders or whatever it is. Like Sam Presti's had a job in Oklahoma City. He's never won a – uh, a ring, but he's made these trades that has set the Thunder up to be this great team. And, you know, you think of the process in Philadelphia. You think of Daryl Morey trading picks over the years. Like, you think of all these general managers that have really made it like an art to accumulate assets. And what John Horst has said is, uh, I don't need any assets. I got the best player in the league, and we're going to go try to win some rings. And I think it, it kind of flows contrary to what a lot of other general managers in the NBA do. Uh, and that isn't to say, you know, what John Horst does is the best thing uh, or the worst thing, but for the Milwaukee Bucks, for a small market team that has a franchise superstar player that they will only get once every 50 years, uh, it feels like the fit works and it feels like he's gotten the job done in the way that just a lot of other GMs around the league don't do the job. Eric name joining Jen, Gabe and Chewy this morning, as we continue talking about the Milwaukee Bucks going out and getting Damian Lillard. Now, of course, the other side of that, there's always two sides to every coin. And the other side is that they lose Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen. Holiday, of course, well-respected, well-liked, um, really um, great ambassador for the city of Milwaukee. And that is a tough pill to swallow. As is for me a little bit, I don't want to overstate this, I don't want to overreact, but what you're compromising defensively. I mean, Drew was one of the best defenders in the league. The players thought so. The rankings indicated it. And you're not getting that with Damian Lillard. How does a guy like Adrian Griffin, who obviously is a defensive-minded coach, and we haven't seen, you know, what Damian, Damian, Adrian Griffin's defense is going to look like, but we also don't know how he will fit in with whatever Griff was trying to do. How do you see that all working out, Eric? Yeah, I think first I would, start by sharing that I think the Bucks had the same sentiment you did about trading Drew Holiday. Like I, I genuinely believe coming to the decision 
to trade Drew Holiday was really hard for John Horst. Like that was some that was the guy that they brought in to win the championship. You have those sentimental moments. You have like doing it right. That was the guy he brought in to do the thing. And on top of it, oh by the way, he's multiple time teammate of the year. He's the best dude. He is amazing in the community. Like all of that, I think hurt just like emotionally for for John Horst to do. But uh, ultimately, in the end, they make the move and. I think regarding the defensive concerns, I think one of the things that we've seen in the last five or so years in the NBA is that oftentimes in the postseason, if you have a below average defense, you can get that defense to be average. If you have an average defense, you can get that defense to be above average in in, the, in a playoff series. But what you can't do is you can't create buckets out of thin air. You can't figure like just find you know uh, a single uh, a single way to get things done that isn't. We have superstars that can do this, and, and I think what you've seen over the years for the Bucks is their half court offense has stagnated. They haven't been able to score. It's all just too difficult for them once they get to the postseason, and, and that's. I think ended up being a, a pill that was too tough to swallow. That was the way that they lost too many years in a row that I think the defensive struggles could be real. Um, I, I do think that's something that they're going to have to figure out. It's going to be a lot on the backs of Giannis Atacumbo and Brooke Lopez to, to cover up for a lot of what they're trying to do. But I think in the end, the fact that Damian and Lillard can go out and get a bucket at any time outweighs any potential concerns that the Bucks have about what the defense might look like with him on the floor instead of Drew Holiday. Well, and I said one of the lasting images, and it's unfortunate, but one of the lasting images from the Milwaukee Bucks team last year was in that series against the Heat, Giannis getting the ball and clearly not wanting to have the ball in his hands, right? And he was criticized for that. Deservedly so. Now... You know who you're giving the ball to, right? I mean, it takes that question, it takes that decision, it takes all of that uncertainty off the table. And and honestly, you know, that's a role that in the 2021 championship year that Chris Middleton filled. And uh, I think another part of this trade is wondering whether or not Chris can do that again. If two years removed, a knee surgery later, if he can be that guy um, for this team, once it came down to it, and I don't know if the Bucks had full confidence in that. Now he's the third option, and that's great. Chris Middleton is the third option. He'll be wonderful in, in clutch time, and he'll, he'll be amazing in that role. Uh, but, yeah, now in this situation, uh, the call isn't even difficult. You don't need to be an X's and O's expert. Um, Damian, you're going to have the ball in the top. Giannis, you're going to go set a screen for Damian. And then we're just going to play basketball because – the, the decisions that you have to make by that simple action because of how transcendent Giannis and Damian Lillard are offensively is a puzzle that teams, I don't know how they're going to solve. Uh, Damian Lillard has range out to 30 feet. I think last year he shot 117 three-pointers from 30 feet or more. He hit 33% of them. No one in the league was even close to shooting from that far out. His average three-point distance is a foot longer than most people around the league. Like He just stretches the floor out in such a way and makes it so difficult that not only does he want the ball at the end of the game, 
but teams have to take the ball out of his hands at the end of games because he's hit so many clutch shots. He wants the ball in that moment, and he wants to make that impact that Giannis is going to be looking at open spaces that, uh, frankly, he hasn't seen since his fourth year in the league. Like Teams have been building a wall against him, and if you build a wall against him, do not come out onto Damian Lillard, he is going to hit 10 threes on you that night, and you're going to lose because he's just that good offensively. So he's not a bucket. He's a bucket. Just, you know, talking about the long range. Don't you, you me, can't. Do no, not no, give no, me no, that no, look. Do not do yeah, that. I, Don't I do will it. because no. you started the segment by disparaging green and growing, and then you're ending it with that garbage. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> is green and growing better than bucket? Not even close. It's the distance between Kyle Lowry and Damian Lowry. Never accuse me of not playing to my audience. I know how much Eric Name loves puns and tricky language and just all of that fun stuff that I kind of make my money on. We appreciate you coming on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy this morning and giving us the insight, the lowdown on everything Damian Lillard, Milwaukee Bucks. Eric, I know it'll be a busy day for you, but thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good stuff there, man. Lots of good stuff. This song is awesome. Yeah. No. No, this is good. This is no, great. It's not. This is not good. Come on, there's got to be a better. Uh, how come song. nobody uses brass anymore? This is like Tarantino. This is like Jackie Brown. <laughs> huh? See, all it, took, all it took for us to get him involved in the Bucks conversation was to play this. <laughs> can I get this for my ringtone? We can get. We can set you up. Okay. Shouldn't you have to watch a few Bucks games before you're allowed to use green and growing nah. as your ringtone? Mm, it does feel like a, a gate you should have to pass through. He's watched enough. Yes. <laughs> I speed watch. You know how confidently you said that? <laughs> Very. On a scale of I 1 sold to it. 10. <laughs> sold it. You think I'll watch the whole game tonight? No. And that's Packers football. Zero <laughs> percent chance. It's Blammer Thursday, though. Uh, yeah, Blammer's going to be over at 4, you're going to eat dinner at 5, and you're in bed by 7.15. Oh, what time's the game start? 7.15. Ah, 9. That's, that's huge. It's yeah. big. What if, what if it's a close game? What if they Nine. Have- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll tell them what happened. <laughs> it perked up. Let me tell you guys about Perky's Old Fashioned. It's an old-fashioned mix with the booze already inside. They have brandy and bourbon options. I'm more of a brandy guy, but... I'll stand by the bourbon. Like the ba- the bourbon is fantastic. So why not just have both? In case you're, you know, maybe you're entertaining people tonight. You got people coming over for the game. You want to have both brandy and bourbon options. So you can get Grandma Perky's secret whenever, wherever. All you have to do is add the soda. Perky's great for boat days, weddings, holiday parties, everything in between, especially game days. Find Perky's near you. Go to perkysoldfashioned.com. Perky's Old Fashioned, locally made, Wisconsin made. Your bartender in a bottle.